As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's not on a diet, we're just crying five times a day, it's Sifpop. Welcome to Sifpop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings, or possibly Friday afternoons, or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Bronzer Rock. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's not sorry he charged you for free snacks. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I would do that. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. She's hiding a doll in her room, and we're not sure where she got it. It's Susan Kamyab Stevens. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You may want to may want to clean that doll up a little bit. There's some gross stuff. Yeah, going I on think there's in, some bugs uh, in it. Yeah, yeah, something something going on in there. Uh, <laughs> Susan, great to have you back. I was just talking with uh, uh, somebody uh, contacted me on Twitter and just said, "Have Susan on more." I love Susan. She's so great on the oh show. Oh my gosh! So, so yeah, that so, is so sweet. Yeah. Wow, thank you to that person. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, we agree. We love having you on the show. So thanks for coming back. Indeed, it's thank it, you. it's interesting this week because you come back to talk about two movies. We actually saw together for the first time. Right? Which when has that ever happened? I know. I was really excited about that. I was like, "Oh, these are the movies we saw in New York together." So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, cool this, experience for wait, sure. Did Netflix have like a double screening? They or did. They, they did. did. Yeah, they had How a double fun. event. Uh, Lost it, Daughter was first, and then the mm-hmm. premiere of uh, Don't Look Up in new york the world premiere yeah yeah. so that was a lot of fun a lot of fun i like the that. way they did that too though i liked how they knocked out like 
two movies in three days. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in that same weekend, I actually knocked out licorice pizza while I was in town since it was showing there in New York. So yeah, it was a a nice, uh, nice big three for, uh, for me. So anyways, we're excited to talk about those movies. Uh, I'm also excited about the best ever challenge today. We're going to do best ever female directorial debuts. Um, Mm -hmm. And this of course is in honor of Maggie Gyllenhaal's uh, directorial debut with the lost daughter. Um, Mm kind of see where it ranks among some of the greats. Uh, so we'll do that. And then of course we'll do some buried treasure, uh, as well. Um, it's an exciting one. Let's get right into it. Let's kick it off by talking about don't look up. This is not real. This is not real. This is not real. This isn't happening. Kate, uh, tell me this isn't really happening. I hear there's uh, something you don't like the looks of. We discovered a very large comet. Oh, good for you. It's headed directly towards Earth. This comet is what we call a planet killer. At this exact moment, I say we sit tight and assess. Sit tight and assess? Sit tight. And then assess. The sit tight part comes first, and you got to digest it. That's the assessment period. Two low-level astronomers, upon discovering that a meteor will strike the Earth in six months, go on a media tour to try to warn the world, but find an unreceptive and unbelieving populace. Uh, This comes to us from director Adam McKay. In stars, well, let's just say everybody. Everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Leonardo DiCaprio, Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill, Kate Blanchett, Mark Rylance, Tyler Perry, Timothy Chalamet, Ron Perlman, Ariana Grande. I could probably keep going on. Himish Patel. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. What a cast. Uh, This is from Netflix. Uh, lots of varying polarized reactions on this one, but what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, kick us off. I liked it. Uh, I think I'm straight down the, the narrow there. Just liked it. Okay. Susan, what about you? I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it when people love Um, movies. Yep. Yep, this one was one to love for sure. Uh, I loved it as well. Um, yeah. Probably low side of loved it. Although my my opinions on this one, they they do kind of go back and forth a little bit. But I think they always end up, even when I start to convince myself, well, maybe it's not as good as I think. They always still end up going back to where I'm like, no, it's a really funny, good movie. Uh, yeah. Susan, I'll let you start uh, with the firm loved it. Tell me uh, some of the things mm-hmm. you loved about it. Well, I... Honestly, I think it was one of the funniest films that uh, I guess it was just recently to 2021, but Mm -hmm. I hadn't laughed that hard from a movie. Maybe there's like three films in in 2021 that made Mm -hmm. me like almost like hurt laughing. It is so funny, but also I am a sucker for movies that tell you, like kind of teach you a lesson, like especially you're going to talk about like kind of political things. Like mm-hmm. I'd rather have that translated to me through comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I guess that's why I, I always love like SNL's um, spoofs of presidents. Right. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to watch like CNN or anything like that. I'd rather have um, what Will Ferrell play George W. Bush and, <laughs> and explain <laughs> right, the press right, right. conference yeah. to me. I'd much rather have that. So this was like right up my alley. I love Meryl Streep's. Uh, I guess spoof on a female Trump, if you mm-hmm. want to call it that. Sure. I don't really know if that's, true. Um, but so, and, but also how timely it was with the, 
the the way the world handles a crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I felt, and I know they were talking about climate change, but that's yeah. crazy. The, it, I mean, it it goes hand in hand with that and the pandemic. But I don't know. It hit it it hit home, but it was also just really funny. I mean, I think I I, I can't say it's as good as The Big Short, but it's right after it for me. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because it does have this satirical edge to it that is uh, almost hard to translate to a modern audience. Like if you go watch like uh, Doctor Strangelove, right? Uh, this this is a movie that is hardcore satire. Like everybody is acting yeah. over the top. The message is over the top because it's satire. But a lot of the complaints I hear about Don't Look Up is that, oh, it's too on the nose, it's too over the top, it's, you know, everything's so... And I'm just like, have we lost our ability to understand satire? Have we lost our ability just to laugh at the -the over-the-top ridiculousness of ourselves? And um, The answer's yes, Aaron. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of people have. That's what a movie is. That's why I can't get over that. People are complaining. I'm like, but it's a satire. That's what's (laughs) what it's supposed to be. If it was trying to be a drama, I could get you, but that's what the intention is. And even more than any of his other movies, right? Because for the first time, we're dealing with complete fiction. I I mean, in his like serious movies, you know, because his other two were Big Short and Vice, both based on very real things that happened. Mm -hmm. And so it's harder to play in that satirical world when you're doing, you know, real life, because then you're going to want to compare to the actual. What's nice about an actual satire like this that's completely fictional is it allows you to look at ourselves and go, oh, man, we are a mess. Uh, and, yeah. and that's what this movie does. And it, you're right, absolutely right about how the topic is came from climate change. I think, you know, you know he, he wanted a way to satirize a metaphor for climate change. And so he used this asteroid coming towards us or whatever. But it applies to so much of what we've seen even before the pandemic, politically, polarization, like all that kind of stuff. The, you know, the dependence on social media and tech, you know, uh, wizards and like all this stuff is just it's just really a perfect, I think, uh, satirical look at just, you know, modern culture. And so, yeah, I think that's that's why it works uh, a lot for me as well. Uh, Andrew, what about you? What are some some of your first thoughts? Uh, you know me. I always got to start with performances. Sure. Uh, Jennifer okay. Lawrence is great. Yeah. I, I mean, her her pleading for the world, please listen, <laughs> is so convincing. And it's funny seeing Leonardo DiCaprio play a character we've never seen him play before. A very timid, quiet, <laughs> uh, nervous guy. And... Uh, how how his character evolves as the movie progresses is so interesting how like the the uh, the luxuriousness that he gets you know infected by you know it's it's really fun and of course Meryl Streep and Kate Blanchett are being Meryl Streep and Kate Kate Blanchett I mean they're just the best so yeah uh, I loved all the performances in this movie I don't think anybody brought anything less than their a game yeah 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 i'm i'm with you uh leo especially is is kind of tuning that dial throughout the movie in some really interesting ways he has his broadcast news you know speech or whatever where you know Mm -hmm. he he yells and and it's perfect and in fact when we were at the premiere uh 
place broke out in applause uh, yeah. after that speech. And uh, and you could see uh, Meryl Streep kind of like elbowing Leo, like, you know, <laughs> hey, look at that, look, you did it, buddy. You know, like that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, he has his, you know, his big moment. But, yeah, I think down the line, the, the performances are really fun. I do feel like Jonah Hill kind of is elevating the comedy more than anybody else in this, which which makes sense. But he yeah. fe- he almost yeah. feels like, and it could be even considered a negative for some. He almost feels like he's in a little bit of a different movie than everybody else, because yeah. it really is kind of that next le- le- you know um, level McKay improv, throw out funny one liners, you know, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, but uh, but I loved it. I thought the performances were great. I thought Jonah Hill was so funny in this movie. Yeah. Just like the yeah. scene where he like asks um, Jennifer Lawrence, he's like, "Do you want to come?" And she's like, oh. yes. And he just shuts the door on her. <laughs> or like he's the way he nags on her, he's like, thanks for dressing up. Like it's yeah. just it's, it's so good. Yeah. The FBI doesn't do the bags. That's the CIA, but I made the FBI yeah. do it specifically for you. <laughs> so yeah. funny. Uh, uh the Tyler the returning Perry, uh, the returning gag of uh the uh, you mentioned it earlier, but uh the, the snacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how good. that's it. it it continuously came back and it never failed to be funny. It was yeah. funny yeah. every single time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The world's agree. ending and that's what they got to focus on. And she's telling it to Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. That's like awesome. I, I have a couple more shout outs acting wise. Chalamet's one of them since you bring him up. I also have yeah. to say, as a person of faith who grew up, you know, in the church and all that kind of stuff, I loved this portrayal because it wasn't. And McKay's really good at this. He's really good at being even-handed with his satire and his character uh, caricaturizations. I think I said that wrong completely, mm-hmm. but uh, but he's it's so fine word. Yeah, he's so good with that that this this character who is this kind of over-the-top example of maybe how a Christian would act during you know something like this or a Christian teenager who's into skateboarding kind of thing. And then he gives him this prayer moment at the end, and it's so moving and touching yeah. and meaningful. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, you you go, McKay. You kind of uh, you know understand how to play that balance in a really interesting way. The yeah. other part of the movie that that I think is is just aces is the Tyler Perry Kate uh, Blanchett talk show. Um, yes, it is such a perfect send up satire of morning shows you know tv you know partner shows um Mm -hmm. you know you're gonna come on and talk about the end of the world but could you please you know like can we have some fun with this can we talk (laughs) about the comet hitting my my uh, ex-wife's house you know like that kind of stuff and it's just like it's so perfect um Uh yeah the more i i love this one of the reasons i love doing the show um is that in talking about these movies i really start to understand how much I like it, how much I don't like it, those kind of things. And yeah, yeah I really like this movie. I think it's a really yeah. fun watch. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I even uh, like kudos to Ariana Grande too. I mean, I know she had just like, sure. some, like her moment when, um, when Leo DiCaprio like tells her, like, I'm really sorry about your breakup and I'm not going to say she curses at him, but it yeah. was so, the delivery of it was really good. <laughs> and Jennifer Lawrence's <laughs> eyes just get so big, like, whoa, <laughs> okay. <laughs> she did she also she also wrote part of that song like she you know she improved a lot of the hilarity of that song which is you know really really funny 
That uh, is my vote for best song, by the way. Nice, like, nice. I am at that song is hilarious. We need like a freaking. I know it never happens at the Oscars, but we need a like comical song to mm-hmm. to win. Yeah, uh, it happens. It just very rarely, you know. Yeah. I think yeah. Blame Canada might be the last one that I can really remember. Sure. Oh, is that the okay. South Park? Yeah. 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 Actually, I think my favorite scene in the entire movie is Mark Rylance trying to put DiCaprio in his place with like his, uh, uh, you know, theory of like, I know how you're going to die. And it's so insignificant, you know, <laughs> yeah. that I couldn't even remember. That whole scene is just like, yeah, that's that scene is like, oh, man, Rylance, I didn't think that you deserved an Oscar before. But if you're ever going to get an Oscar again for this, I'd be OK with his his portrayal of that Steve Jobs, Silicon Valley kind of human, but not quite, you know, Elon Musk, <laughs> Elon yeah. Musk. Yeah. 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 There's a yeah lot of it was it was great. Absolutely great. And he was. Okay, here's another pro I got to give for the movie. It took shots at everybody. Right. The, uh, this this movie could mm-hmm. uh, I could see a a very, you know, convincing argument that this movie is very liberal, you know, mm-hmm. it's sure. very mm-hmm. left-sided, you know. Um but if you pay attention, he's taking shots at everybody. He's taking shots yeah. at Hollywood and how, mm-hmm. you know, they got to, you know, Keep everything light and funny. That's taking shots of Silicon Valley and you know the tech world. Not only he's not only you know shooting at how this movie portrays you know the right as you know whatever the left scientists say. We just got to say the opposite. You know they're saying look up. We're saying don't look up. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, kudos for taking shots at everybody yeah. because everybody's at the end of the day an idiot. Do you feel like, because yeah. there, there has been a lot of critic backlash. I think uh, last I checked, it had in the 50s on Rotten Tomatoes, some, somewhere I'm in so that range. I'm so shocked by that, too. Uh, the audience response seems to be a little bit better. Um, what yeah. do you think that comes down to? Is it is it just, in, and I know I mentioned the satire part before, is the reason satire is hard right now because there is so much actual ridiculousness that seems to be going on. And it doesn't feel like satire. Right. So it feels like a little closer to reality than we're comfortable with. Yeah. I wonder if that's, that's part of it. Like maybe that's why satire is so hard right now is because the world itself seems so over the top and satirical sometimes. Yeah. Um, So I wonder if part of it's that, but I think that's part of it. I've heard uh, critique that they think it's too preachy too, Mm -hmm. um, which I don't, I don't agree with, but yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like it's just doing what it, its job. I don't think it's sending. I think it's just trying to make a point. Like it's mm-hmm. just being self-aware of, yeah. of everything. But, yeah. 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 If you realize the metaphor for this movie being about, you know, climate control or climate change and, climate you know, change. global warming and stuff and how mm-hmm. they're like, it wouldn't matter if there was a meteor heading to destroy the earth. There would still be idiots out there who wouldn't believe it. And you mm-hmm. could right. shout from the top of your lungs and, you know, nobody would care. So mm-hmm. those scenes where it might seem preachy is just them saying, yeah, we're being preachy, but that's exactly how it would happen. That's, and yeah. I believe it. One hundred percent. I yeah. That is what's that's kind of what's a little scary about the movie, too, is that. Yeah. This if this exact thing like I don't know if that would play out any different. That would be exactly how it would play out in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, 
Anything else? Negative. Yeah. What negative. do you want to talk about in the negative uh, area? Yeah, negatives. I think this movie's too long. Okay. Too it long. Fe- it felt really long while I was watching it. I was like two eighteen. It's pretty yeah, long. Yeah, two eighteen. But it's, it felt a lot longer than that. It really mm-hmm. did. Did it really? Like, it really did. As much as I love that Ariana Grande song, you know, I'm like, oh, so we're gonna listen to the whole thing, okay? <laughs> you know, um, and the whole. Uh, don't get me wrong, I love the whole Ron Perlman, you know, cre- crazy, you know, ex-military guy. A lot of that could have been cut. Uh, sure. There's there's a lot of scenes where I felt that they were really just. Uh, bashing our head against the wall with the message like you're you're trying to double down on the point you've already made you can move on to something else now but uh i was entertained the whole time i gotta say that i was entertained the whole time but it did feel a little long yeah it's i feel like that's my number one complaint every oscar movie though (laughs) I'm always always, around this this time of year hours like it's just it's yeah. to the Don't point now. If it's it's to the point now. If I see something ninety minutes or under, I'm like, you. I'm voting for you. <laughs> like, I get so excited. Right, like Belfast I get so or excited. Uh, there's a, a French film I just watched, uh, Petite Maman, uh, which mm-hmm. is seventy nine minutes long. I'm just like, wow. thank you, thank you. It's beautiful. It's the same person mm-hmm. who did a Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, so mm. uh, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's good stuff. But no, I'm totally with you. Uh, every time it comes to award season, it's like two and a half hours, two hours and forty five <laughs> yep. minutes. House of Gucci, yeah. five hours and fifteen minutes, or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, that takes shots fired to a whole new meaning. Uh, anything else, guys, that you want to talk about with "Don't Look Up"? Mid credit scene. Yeah, uh, there is a mid-credit scene, and it is hilarious. Uh, I also was yeah. not—I also was not expecting uh, the mid-credit scene. Uh, so yeah, that was that was really yeah. really interesting. Um, yeah, but yeah, there is yeah. definitely one of those. Um, I was, in fact, it was it was funny. Somebody was saying they were looking to see if they could watch "Don't Look Up" with their kids or whatever. And they're like, this says there's like a bunch of nudity in it. And I was like, there's no nudity and don't look. Oh, the mid-credits yeah, scene. There's yeah, no, actually, there's a we, lot of nudity in Do we see full frontal of stuff? I think so, oh, yes. A a, yeah. Oh, gosh, I forgot. I remember like behind, but I cannot remember full frontal. Wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's... Well, good for you. <laughs> I, yeah. there was a, that... I'm not trying to be ageist or anything, but there was a couple of people there I could have done without seeing full frontal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we could move on. Uh, let's head in to chat about the lost daughter. Hey, your mommy's big girl. You're my big girl. <sighs> She's strong. What were your daughters like when they were little? I can't remember much, actually. I saw you at the beach today. I didn't see you. I saw you. A woman's seaside vacation takes a dark turn when her obsession with a young mother forces her to confront secrets from her past. Uh, The Lost Daughter uh, is Maggie Gyllenhaal, as mentioned, uh, directing her very first movie. Uh, Stars Olivia Coleman, Dakota Johnson, and Jesse Buckley, 
Uh, you've also got Ed Harris in there, Peter Sarsgaard, uh, Paul Mescal um, in there as well. Um, so yeah, another Netflix film that's uh, just recently out. What did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Susan, you get to start us off on this one. I think I would say like low loved it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah um, like uh, yeah. Andrew, what about you? Low side of okay, close to didn't like it. Oh, Whoa. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I am on the high side of liked it, maybe even stretching into the low side of loved it, but I'm going to stay in liked yeah. it. I'm going to stay in the high side of liked it. I really think there's there's a lot here that's that's interesting. Susan, you seem to enjoy yeah. it the most, so why don't you tell okay. us a little bit about what you liked yeah. about The Lost Tell Daughter. me why I'm wrong. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I think it really helped doing listening to the the press conference on this. Just hearing Maggie Gyllenhaal explain the movie, like she is just a wonderful speaker, passionate, and um, and just what she did with the, I guess the actual story. But uh, I thought it was interesting. I think the uh, well, one I love how it almost feels like a thriller. Like it mm-hmm. keeps you on your edge. Like you you always feel like something worse is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of reminds me of, well, it, it has the kind of the same tone of a, like, I don't want to go as far as to say parasite. I know there's something else that even reminds me of that felt very like, oh, actually a little bit more of, um, like promising young woman vibes where you feel sure, like sure. more like that maybe. Um, but it's very like, like, I don't know. She, she manages to keep it very tense the whole way through. So even though this movie was long in my opinion too. I was never bored because of the tensity, but I really find it fascinating to see a study of a woman who, I mean, a a lot of moms, I feel like want to like pull their hair out, leave their kids. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's a thing that is always any mother probably feels like that at some point. And I really loved watching both Olivia Coleman and Jesse Buckley kind of, you feel for them in some ways. Like, I don't know. I think I, I love like not knowing where I stand with them. Like, I don't know who's, mm-hmm. cause I've had people tell me like Olivia Coleman's character is a horrible person, mm-hmm. but then I'm like, well, is she though? Because I don't know. I don't know. I like that. It left me wondering what's, what was right or wrong here. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously I was, I, I, it left me thinking it had me conflicted a lot. Um, I don't know. I just think Maggie Gyllenhaal did an amazing job with this with this story. Yeah, I think you put your finger on something that that I really liked about it, which is the nuance. I think there there mm-hmm. is a real uh, nuance here about the the decisions that the people are making. Um, mm-hmm. There's beyond the fact that it's just this this direct and honest look at womanhood and especially yeah. motherhood. Um, Unlike many that I I don't I can't think of many movies if any that that really deal with you know the just the the grittiness and reality of of being a mom like this movie does in in kind of what that can do to you and have play with your uh, your identity and your psyche and all that kind of stuff. Um, but because we're cutting from Olivia Coleman in her younger version, uh, Jesse Buckley, we also get in uh, a really interesting character study on you know, how she became who she is. Um, so all of that adds up to exactly what you're saying. I don't think you're meant to go, this is a bad person. I also right. don't think you're meant to go, this is a good person. I yeah. think what you're meant to go is, this is a person. 
Uh, yeah. This is a human, and mm -hmm. um, and I I felt that to my core watching this movie was just yes. This is a fully realized human being that we are seeing a peek into their lives, um, mm -hmm. and man, there's just some really interesting, fun Olivia Coleman. Uh, moments here, choices made in the in the movie of like you know uh, she's asked at one point by this big uh, Italian family to yeah. leave her beach chair right, and she just yeah. says no, and like I'm mm -hmm. going, what is going? Like you know, it's just and it was just a simple you know kind of like no, I'm I'm not moving, and you're just not expecting that from the stereotypical older English woman, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's just so there's just. I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed uh, kind of the nuance in this movie and kind of the things that are happening in, in that regard. There, so. And when you say that, too, there are so many scenes like that that I feel like we have been in, just like even the scene where she's in the theater and uh, yes. the kids are acting up. And she does things that I feel like, just like that scene that you mentioned, where, of course, I would love to be like, no, I'm not going to move. Like, why should I move? But of course, I would move. I would be, <laughs> right, by yes, all means, yeah. I'm not, why would I not move? But right. you almost give her props for doing that. And same right. with like the movie theater. I'm like, oh my god, like I, I would just leave. But I'm sure, like I wouldn't mm -hmm. want to stick around after complaining. But I don't know. I love the. There's so many, uh, like they're not big moments, but they're very realistic moments. Even when she goes to the, oh, Jesse Buckley's character goes to the hotel and she's just so excited to go on a work trip away from her family and order a bottle of champagne in her mm. room. Like that's yeah. all she wants to do. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's so hard. But that's why this, she wrote her care. I mean, I know it was based off the book, but it just, her characters, you have so much empathy for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Andrew, we haven't heard from you. Go ahead. Uh, mm -hmm. What are some of your thoughts on The Lost Daughter? She's a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do think she's a bad person. Um, but uh, I, I'll say this. I think Jesse Buckley's a, the bad person. Okay. I don't okay. know. Like, It's interesting because who that person grew up into in Olivia Coleman, um, I'm, I'm, I'm left wondering how much of that person we see in Jesse Buckley is still there. You know, because, you know, as time goes on, people change. Mm -hmm. And whenever I'm watching Olivia Coleman, yeah, I see remnants of, you know, her younger self, Lita's younger self. But I'm also seeing somebody new, you mm -hmm. know, and somebody who's uh, seeked redemption or, you know, tried to better themselves. Uh, it's, yeah, it's really interesting because there's a bunch of times in this movie where I'm going... Is there anybody I'm supposed to root for? Like this <laughs> mm -hmm. family is annoying as all gets and but at the same time now that you're showing me everything about uh, Lita I'm like it I'm I don't know if I can root for her either. Hmm. Uh it, it's fascinating. My big pro for the movie and I'll say this for a directorial debut Maggie Gyllenhaal's knowledge of camera work and how to frame a shot is it's extraordinary. It's a beautifully shot film. The the scenes, the camera angles, the way that, you know, she works with tempo and stuff. There's a scene where uh Olivia Coleman and Ed Harris are dancing, you know? And yeah. just the way that that scene is shot, you know, it just it made, you know, like for a second, it made it feel like the world was bigger for her. But as soon as that family shows up, it got really claustrophobic. 
and that's mm. really good directing directing mm-hmm. right there so yeah so there's yeah. also these choices she's making uh that Susan, you were talking about the thriller aspect of this. Yeah. There's suspense choices she's making that aren't easy to pull off. Uh, you know, I mentioned the doll in the intro, but you know, there's there's this real moment where it's like, "What are you doing? Like, you know, <laughs> like hide, hide it." You know, like it, yes! like some, and it's just a doll. It's just a doll, but it becomes this like central turmoil about what it means to you know be a mother and like you know this it's it it feels like her life is in danger you know and it's just it's just so interesting to be able to to make that happen to to pull that off um but yeah it just yeah there's there's some really great choices that she's making i'm i'm excited uh for maggie gyllenhaal to transition into being yeah. a director. I would love for that. Yeah. I love her as an actor too. I think she's a great mm-hmm. actor and I you know I don't necessarily Agreed. want that to stop but but man there's some there's some real talent here for sure. And I, I know she mentioned too at the press conference that the book is actually there was a lot of voiceover or mm-hmm. something like it would or it was narrated Na- or Yeah, there's a lot of narration like in the so book, yeah. He, I'm really glad she didn't do that with the movie. I'm glad it wasn't Olivia Coleman uh narrating Narrating. the film yeah instead of just like that was a great decision to just have a lot of um like looks it was it's a lot Mm -hmm. because a lot of it is olivia coleman just observing and Mm -hmm. i i love that yeah yeah uh any other thoughts andrew no post credit scene (laughs) did you think dakota johnson was a good person uh nobody was I'll just say it was, I didn't see anybody who was clearly who I was supposed to root for. Like Dakota Johnson was more like, she's tied to this family of supposedly bad people. Therefore I'm on edge around her. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like she had done anything like arbitrarily evil that I was like, Oh, she's terrible. Um, You know, like the young kids, you know, like, Oh, I hate those kids. I hate them with every fiber of my being, you know? Oh yeah. It was, it was easy to hate them, but um, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, it it was just like if I didn't like root for that person or like them, I was on edge around them. Right? Like, yeah. Like yeah. Eve, everybody. Like I was on edge around Ed Harris. I was on for for different reasons. I was on edge around different people. I forget yeah. the name of the uh, the young the young guy uh, Will who mm. uh, was the. Uh, the like one of the young caretakers of the island and stuff like uh at the beginning of the movie he's like oh these are bad people and then an hour later he's kenny loggins riding the danger zone with (laughs) you know i'm like i know what are you doing what are you doing earlier you were saying these are bad people and i'm like it's it's amazing the the power that attraction can have over uh Mm -hmm. people and the the decisions that they make but yes yeah i hear you I want well, to give is- a shout out also to uh, I think is uh, Joe or uh, Oliver Jackson uh, Cohen who played Tony the husband. Mm. He has like three lines in this movie, yeah. but every single time he was on screen, the tension was elevated. Like mm-hmm. he just had something about him. Like that mm-hmm. was like okay, he could at any minute something could happen, and yeah. uh, that's just a presence right there. That's that was really good acting. Yeah. Yeah. He was also the soundtrack for this movie is amazing. I want the soundtrack for this movie. Yeah. No, it's really, really good. It is good. Susan, did you have something else you were going to say? 
I was just going to say there is there is like a, a moment. I maybe I won't reveal it, but uh, a final scene with um, Dakota Johnson and Olivia Coleman that I didn't I didn't expect coming. And when it does, I was like, oh. Jeez, <laughs> that's so. That's what we were. That's what this like tensity that's was where like we were headed to. towards. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. that was. But it was like like I don't know. That, I loved it too. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I think this is uh, really great filmmaking, if nothing else. And mm-hmm. I think there, I can definitely see your side, Andrew. And I think I even put in my review that I can, I can see this coming off as a little bit morose and a little bit slow um, for, for some people. Um, but I think if you're engaged in the characters themselves, I think it hangs together pretty well. And it just doesn't sound like you were able to connect to any of the characters in a way that you really cared about what was going on, which I totally get. It w- yeah, it was that, but it was also the fact that I was like, they're forcing the stakes to be higher than they should be, if that makes sense. Like, the whole thing with the doll, I'm like, this is being a way bigger deal than it ever needed to be, mm-hmm. and that just made it that much more difficult for me to uh, dive into this world and have anything okay. about it be believable. I know there's metaphors abound, you know, mm-hmm. it's the metaphor, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm like, I would appreciate it if the metaphor was just done a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will never eat fruit uh, from an Airbnb. I stay in ever again. Oh, um. <laughs> gross. That was disgusting. Yeah. I don't I think, uh, but I do think the cicada would have freaked me out more. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the movie I mean, is again. Cicadas abound where we live. So it's like mm-hmm. they're everywhere. The movie like is just, it's <laughs> full of those like interesting choices, you know, where it's like, ah, like makes your skin crawl, you know, kind of. And, uh, I think it, it's part of what keeps you um, on edge. Also, about- you know, I would really be interested to see Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal do like a, a, a not a horror film, but you know, something closer to like a, a It Follows or something like that. Yeah. You know, something in that vein. I'd be like, you know what? I really want to see her do something because obviously she can build tension. Yeah. She yeah. knows how to build tension in a movie. She does. Yeah. Uh, is Jesse Buckley one of the most talented actors working today? I, I feel like she's, she's incredible. incredible. Yeah. She is so good. She, in my opinion, does even better than Olivia Coleman as um, Lita. But um, I mean, that's who they're they're pitching for for Olivia. But I think Jesse, like, she has the moments, like she has the moments with the kids. So you that's mm-hmm. that's who made me like struggle with who's who's wrong or right here. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm never going to condone a mother just leaving their child, but it's just, uh, it, I don't know. I felt for her. I she think, was so good. I think after seeing her back to back to back in, mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking, of it, uh, I'm thinking of ending things, which yeah. I loved, uh, yeah. Fargo. She's incredible in Fargo. Um, what season was the, she in Fargo? Uh, this latest season. Uh, oh, I haven't she seen was in Fargo. Season. And then in this, I'm just like, I, I think Jesse Buckley is, is going to be amazing. And yes, Chernobyl as well. Um, she was incredible um, in too. Yeah. Um, and of course, Doolittle uh, is her, you know, major, major role there. Yes. Just kidding. But uh, uh, no, honestly, I'm thinking of ending things. That's just a tour de force of like how to act. Yeah. Going, you know, with Jesse Plemons. I mean, that's whenever you have a, a, a director like uh, Charlie Kaufman, you know, you really have to rely on the performances to get you through to, because, a lot of that stuff is just really, really metaphorical, and mm. if you if you're not engaged by the acting, you might be uh, 
you know, close to turning it off. Oh, she was in Judy as well. I had forgotten that. She was? Uh, Who was she in Judy? I I hated that movie. (laughs) She was Rosalind uh, Rosalind Wilder. Yeah. Rosalind Wilder. Yeah. She doesn't need to be credited for that. that. <laughs> All right, we'll leave that one out of it next time. Next time we talk about mm. it. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, that would be the Lost Daughter on Netflix. Uh, recommend from Susan and I, and mm-hmm. uh, for Andrew, probably just yeah, to eh, go for it. If you've got Netflix, go ahead. There's, if Netflix. there's nothing else, go ahead. <laughs> it is. I mean, that is kind of the beauty of the streamer. Sometimes it's just like yeah. I mean, I'm already paying, you know, fifteen bucks a month. Might as well check out what they, you know, got. Doesn't cost me anything extra. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, that Lost Daughter is on Netflix. Don't look up on Netflix as well. I think that's a recommend from all three of us. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, before we head on to the best ever challenge, just a reminder that you can support Sif Pop through the Patreon. You can be um, a Sif Pop member at patreon.com slash Sif Pop. Basically, just go there, check out the different levels, um, support however you like, and uh, know that it's very much appreciated. Some of the fun things we do for our members include a bonus podcast every single week uh, for our members at certain levels. There's also fun uh, video hangouts, um, all that kind of stuff. So if you want to go check that out again, that is at uh, patreon.com slash SIFPOP. And we'd love to have you uh, along. Uh, This week on the bonus podcast, we talked about Adam McKay's career and uh, a little bit about Vice and Big Short and all the other comedies that uh, McKay has done. So again, you can check that out at patreon.com slash SIFPOP. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, moving on to the best ever challenge. Best ever female directorial debut movies. We will go number five to number one. As always, you can uh, trump the choice if it is, if you have it, at a higher place, uh, and we'll wait to talk about it until then. So I'll kick us off at number five. Uh, number five for me is Kelly Freeman Craig's directorial debut, uh, The Edge of Seventeen. Um, oh. I loved this movie. I think it's great stuff. Um, this is this one. I think unfortunately slipped under the radar. I I, I know it came out. Um, around the end of the year when a lot of Oscar stuff was was coming out. Um, but man, this is this I think was the movie that was like, oh, Haley Steinfeld's gonna be a superstar. because uh, she is absolutely amazing in this. Uh Woody Harrelson uh in here as well. Um but yeah, an incredible directorial debut, lots of fun, very interesting, also meaningful, great coming of age movie, uh Edge of Seventeen. Uh, that's my number five. Uh, nice. Andrew, what do you got at number five? I'm going to go with Sofia Coppola 
in the Virgin Suicides. Good choice. Oh, good choice. Man, you guys uh, have some good choices right at the gate. Uh, very hypnotic movie. Uh, <laughs> she really sets uh, sets in stone her style of making movies, which is really her own. You can see it in this movie. You can see it in uh, Lost in Translation. Uh, yeah, great performances by everybody: Kirsten Dunst, Josh Hartnett. Uh, yeah, it's unlike any other movie for sure. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Susan, what's your number five? I'm going to say really quick on that Virgin Suicides. The first time I watched it, I hated it. And then I really? watched it again, like, I don't even know, five or six years later. And then I mm-hmm. understood it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. wow, this is genius. Yeah. Um, so that's a good choice. Uh, I went with Regina King's One Night in Miami. Trump. Yeah, I'm going to have to trump yeah, that. Yeah, I figured I would be. But, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get there eventually. Uh, yeah. So on to our number fours. My number four is Brenda Chapman's directorial debut, uh, co-directed with Steve Hickner. The Prince of Egypt uh, was the first movie that uh, she directed. Oh, so, man. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, one of my favorite movies. We've talked about it many, many times. I think it's yeah. a beautiful film. I think the performances, voice performances are great. Uh, I think it would absolutely 100% be cast differently. Uh, if it were today, that's important to say. This cast is very whitewashed. Uh, the voice mm-hmm. cast is. Um, but it is uh, a, a really great retelling of that biblical story and a very powerful, some very powerful songs and animation uh, mm-hmm. in that one. So I uh, wanted to mention that. Uh, Prince yeah. of Egypt, uh, Brenda Chapman's nice. first movie. Uh, Andrew, what's your number four? I'm going to go with Jennifer U. Nelson in Kung Fu Panda 2. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. It's a fun movie. It's a really fun yeah. movie. And uh, Gary Oldman's Crane is such a unique, fun villain. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I totally... Or uh, Peacock, I mean. Uh, totally loved it. Yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, works for me. Uh, what is your number uh, four, Susan? I don't know if I'm going to get trumped again. Uh, Greta <laughs> Gerwig's Lady Bird? You are going to get trumped <laughs> again. Yes. Of Sorry. Course. We'll let you talk eventually, Susan. <laughs> You know, it's really probably completely wrong that in a category about directorial debuts by females that we haven't let the female speak yet. And I uh, feel I feel very, very Gosh, bad. Aaron. <laughs> it's all your yes. fault. So uh, it's fine. This yeah. was a tough one for me, just so you know, as far as because I feel I feel like I have a lot. Well, that it will get to it, but it, okay, it was hard. Fair enough. There was a lot. Of, there was a lot of great female director debuts. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and what was interesting to me, I'll just say this now, uh, not interesting, uh, kind of sad actually, but so many of them are in the last like five years. Um, yes, and it's yes. just it's just a a symbol of how bad it's been for so long that women were not getting these chances. Mm-hmm. Not completely, certainly there you know there are incredible movies directed by women, but like for directorial debuts. Um, it's really just kind of been in the last five years that that women have kind of you know burst on the scene more, um, mm-hmm. and I'm loving it. Uh, so yeah, at my number three, maybe it'll get trumped again, but this is where I have Regina King's One Night in Miami. Yeah. So uh, so that'll it. still be trumped. All right. Uh, wow. So, Andrew, what do you have at number three? Patty Jenkins, go yeah. with Monster. Yeah. Wait, what? What is that? 
Charlize Theron, Monster. Do you remember oh, that Monster. movie? Oh, Monster. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't have yeah. a... Patty Jenkins did Monster? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was her wow. first one. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. That's, yeah, that's a, a tough movie to watch. What a fun movie. What a, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Just, just a great Friday baby night. Baby town you know? frolics, you know. Yeah. 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 Perfect date movie, uh, actually. Yeah. First date. First date movie. Though. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Susan gets uh, it. This, this movie rests on the shoulders of Charlize Theron, given uh, a career best, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yep. a rough one for sure, but it's good. Yeah, it's a great choice. Definitely in my honorable mentions. Um, Susan, what can we trumpet number three? You, you might. Uh, Olivia Wilde and Booksmart. I'm not trumping it. All oh right, let's God. talk about it. It's in my honorable mentions, wow. but yeah, okay. talk about Booksmart. Yeah, that was um, I was really excited. That was the first that movie was um, like nominated at like the first Critics Choice Awards that I went to in 2019. Well, nice. uh, it's 2020 in January, but mm-hmm. um, what a f- great movie! I am a sucker for um, high school settings. And like teen comedy rom com mm-hmm. era. I mean, I love rom coms in general, but especially the the background setting of a high school. And I could really relate to these girls of like not doing, not partying enough, not doing mm-hmm. anything. Like I didn't really party until like I guess oh well, college, but it took a like yeah, I was a good kid in high school. Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah. do the stuff. So just seeing them wanting to get their like final night of uh, you know senior year. Uh, that was, it was just great, but it was also incredible uh, performances by Beanie Feldstein and mm-hmm. um, Caitlin Dever. Did I say it right? Dever, I think, but yeah. Dever, yeah, something like that. Uh, it's just so funny, that whole night, that whole night was just hilarious. I'm not usually a huge fan of the uh, that formula where it's like one, like, mm-hmm. I almost call it like a road trip thing where everything goes yeah. wrong in yeah. one night or something, but... Uh, I just thought it was really funny and it had really good um, depth and kind of, I guess it's compared to to being like the female version of, um, oh my God, I'm spacing on the- Like super bad, something like that? Super bad, super, yeah, yeah, like that kind of thing. So, uh, but yeah, I just think it was great and it was a wonderful debut from uh, Olivia Wilde. Very nice. All right, uh, on to our number twos. Uh, I will kick us off. This is where I had Lady Bird, uh, Greta Gerwig's directorial debut. Still trumped, Andrew? Or uh, I, I haven't we... seen it. Oh, you <gasps> haven't seen Lady Bird. Okay. I know. It's on my list of shame. Yeah. So no, it's good. Definitely worth watching. So I had it at number two. Um, Susan, you had it at number four. Is that right? Four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What an incredible debut from Greta, uh, Greta Gerwig. Um, mm-hmm. Lady Bird is it's funny. It's authentic. It's quirky. Um, Saoirse Ronan is perfect. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely one to watch. I really like Lady Bird. Um, just even mentioning it makes me want to rewatch it tonight. Uh, it is yeah. it is that good. So yeah. yeah. Anything else to add on the Lady Bird season? I think was that the first. That might have been the first time I actually saw Beanie Feldstein in a movie. Um, but I, I, I completely agree with everything you just said. I thought it was really good. The only reason it wasn't even higher on my list is because I think Little Wim, Little Women is like my favorite movie that Greta Gerwig has done. Just mm-hmm. as far because I think it was even better than that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just really loved what she did with Saoirse Ronan's character. I mean, she's so obnoxious, but yeah. that's. Like she's encompassing a like teenage 
but girl it's real. just like her. Yeah, like, it so feels realistic. very real. Yeah. 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 I think that was the first time I saw Timothy Chalamet in a movie, too. Um, Might be. Might be. Yeah. yeah. So Nice. Because that was before I saw the... Yeah, it was good. Uh, Andrew, what do you got at number two? Got some bad news. Uh, something's just come up. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to run through the rest of my list and then I got to head out. Sure, I know man. it's, sure. I know we're really close to the end and I sure. uh, don't mean to kind of throw. We got you, uh, man. We got you. Right. No yeah. What's the rest of your throw list? Throw a stick in the gear. So my number two, Jennifer Kent, the Babadook. Yep. I had that in my oh. honorable mentions. Yeah. yeah great. Uh, it's a great horror, modern horror film. I think it's going to go down as like one of the best modern horrors. And then number one is One Night Miami. I mean, it's just wow. so amazing. It's It was my favorite film of last year, so it was totally good. And the only one oh. on all three of our lists, right? That you had it at number yeah. one, I had it at number three, and Susan had it at number five, five right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, real quick, my buried treasure for this week was going to be Eskimo Cowboy. It's a band. Uh, okay. Really interesting, uh, unlike anything I've ever heard. Their choruses are very much like a, a synth poppy, you know, like old 80s synth pop. But the verses are death metal. <laughs> and the music videos are something comparable to uh, Lonely Island. And the <laughs> lyrics are found from like what you would find in like 90s boy band, like NSYNC or... Uh, like Backstreet Boy. It's a band that definitely does not take itself seriously. Uh, They're a German band, and from what I've been reading, they are the predicted frontrunners to win Eurovision this year. Oh, fun, fun. What's their name again? Eskimo Callboy. Okay. Uh, The three songs I would recommend are Pump It, which is like a, you know, like the old 80s, like a jazzercise workout Mm -hmm. videos and stuff like that. Uh, then there's my personal favorite was uh, We Got the Moves. And then their most famous song is called Hypa Hypa. Like hyper, but with an A. Oh. Uh, all the songs are so funny, um, so catchy. Uh, they're good. They're really good. I don't like death metal, like Slipknot and stuff. But whenever you have backstreet boy lyrics like i love you so much you are my heart it's so it it makes it tolerable i guess um yeah it's really good again sorry i have to cut out early no worries uh, man and i know i've thrown like a whole stick in the gears and everything but uh uh susan it's always great seeing you yeah Uh, yeah, have a great rest of the show. So back to your guys' number twos. Yeah, bye. <laughs> bye. See ya. Uh, Susan, what do you have at uh, number two? Um, my number two is from Jillian Rospierre. I don't know if I'm saying her name correctly. Obvious Child. Um, oh, I don't think I've seen this it? one. Mm-mm. Oh, my God, Aaron, you have to watch this movie. It was my okay, favorite right. film that year. Uh, it's, um, I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore, but it stars Jenny Slate and Jake Lacey, uh, was oh, like, I have he, seen this. I have seen this. Yeah. 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 You have? This. Did you like yeah. it? Yeah. 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 Yes. No, okay. it's really good. As there's, soon as you said Jenny Slate, I was like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. This, it deals it with does, abortion, right? Yes. And yes, which is okay. a touchy subject, obviously. Yes. Sure. Um, but I mean, uh, the, the way they're, the way it's handled is really, really great great in my Mm -hmm. opinion it's it's a love it's a it's a romantic comedy essentially so um i love i I think i just also really like that um 
that awkward realness, just kind of things like mm-hmm. Lady Bird and uh, Book Smart, where there is right. the comedy, but there's such a realis- realism to it that you're you're feeling um, uncomfortable mm-hmm. <laughs> because you can relate to it. Just the dialogue. So I I remember that when I saw Obvious Child, the romance, I felt like it was one of the most realistic romantic comedy romances that I had seen in a really long time. Like mm-hmm. I had, it was, there's no chasing after you at the airport. There's no like speech <laughs> to, to say why we need to be together. It has just a really simple, beautiful ending. And, um, they both do an incredible job in it. And it's, yeah, it's just, it, um, down to like, even just what she wears, <laughs> just mm-hmm. things that she wears is just not like over the top that you see in a lot of these like romantic comedies. So anyways, but it's also just a really great story. Nice. All right. On to our number ones. Uh, my number one, this will be a surprise to many, many people, but it is my favorite, uh, of these movies. Jennifer Lee's directorial debut uh, was Frozen. My number one is Frozen. Um, Oh, my gosh. I love this movie. Um, I love the music. I love the message. I love the performances. Um, I just think uh, Dina Menzel is absolutely astonishing in this. Um, Yep. Yeah, this is is really good stuff. I know it was overplayed. I know there are parents who are so sick of this movie because it got played so much. But it is a really quality film. And really one of the first times I felt like Disney really embraced the idea that it didn't have to be you know, a perfect romance and, Mm -hmm. you know, it could, that there's more to, um, being a woman than finding the perfect man. And, uh, and it's, it's just a really, really beautiful movie. So yeah, Frozen comes in at number one. uh, I love that. I think that's a great choice because you're right. That was the first time that it wasn't true love's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like wasn't needing to be a man. It could be Mm -hmm. between two sisters. And that was incredible. Um, yeah, that's a great one. God, I feel like so many things that you and Andrew said that I didn't even think of are like <laughs> honorable mentions, but yeah, I had to pick um, Emerald Fennel's Promising Young Woman. Yeah, that I had was, that in my honorable mentions. Yeah, definitely. It was just that movie pretty much blew me away last year. I, I, I feel like it was it was kind of hard putting that number one because it just came out last year. I was like, God, mm-hmm. can I think of something like older but like you said it's really just been in like the past five years these movies but mm-hmm. um i was just so good what yeah it obviously just with the also the fact that it has that like horror element to it too mm-hmm. it's also it's also kind of satirical it's a little bit mm-hmm. over the top there's especially towards the end um yeah. it goes some places that you're just not expecting and mm-hmm. uh yeah promising young woman's a great one um just mm-hmm. barely missed my list. Uh, I'm just going to run through some other honorable mentions, uh, unless you have any. Um, the I mean, I I wanted to put uh, the Lost Daughter on here because I just think it's right. such a solid, like, an actually incredible directorial debut. Just as for for Maggie Gyllenhaal, but um, no, I think I'm just going to like echo a lot of the things that you guys said that wasn't on my list because yeah. I think all of them were great films. I just have three left that I want to mention. Um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, we probably need to mention Amy Heckerling's uh, directorial debut. uh, Certainly worth mentioning. Drew Barrymore's directorial debut, Whip It, is much better than than people would expect. Um, It's a really interesting, fun movie. And then I wanted to mention Emma Seligman, uh, just this year, uh, directed Shiva Baby, which is is really interesting and also takes the idea of... 
adolescent femalehood and makes it into a horror film, you know, yeah. and uh, and some you know family cringe, you know, kind of stuff going on there as well. So mm-hmm. that's another like awkward. Actually, that that probably is the most uncomfortable I felt in a movie in a while. <laughs> Shiva baby is yeah. yeah. That, no, that I whole totally movie, get it. I was just like, I can't. I'm stressed. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I totally get it. Totally get it. All right, let's move on to our buried treasure. What is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Susan, since you're the guest, you will go last. Um, Encounter is a 2021 movie that is really flying under the radar right now. I don't think this movie is great, but I do think it's good enough that you might want to give it a watch. Um, it is it is definitely a movie that... Uh, that is trying for something, which I give it credit for. I don't know that it completely succeeds the whole way through, but because it's so far kind of under the radar, I thought I would bring it up. Uh, Susan, you clearly don't like this movie from your response. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. No, no, no. (laughs) That almost made my uh, worst list, but I I couldn't do it because the the acting was, you know, like Riz Ahmed gave it his all. Mm -hmm. It's not his fault that the script was bad. (laughs) It was so disappointing of a film. I think I think for me uh, it's not often that a buried treasure turns into buried trash, but um <laughs> but that's I, what it was. <laughs> yeah. But I but I but I think I'm with you and um I just I know I know I have movie loving friends that would really enjoy this movie because yes. they would enjoy the high concept of it and they would enjoy Riz Ahmed. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't get as caught up on some of the stuff that took me out of it. I think this movie thinks it's smarter than it is at points. Like I think, oh, yes, like it, it it thinks it's trying to do some sort of switcheroo on you, and it's like, no, this is pretty transparent from the beginning. And mm-hmm. then because of that, it's almost harder to take it seriously in some ways. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I do know I know for sure I would have uh, some friends who would who would want to see this. Uh, so I at least thought I'd mention it, but uh, but that is encounter. So fair yes. enough, you're right. And I, as the chat I, is saying, one man's buried trash is another man's buried treasure. So so there you. That's go. true. That is true. Yeah. Uh, um, what do you yeah. got, uh, Susan, for your buried treasure? Um, I know I've mentioned Mindy Kaling's Never Have I Ever before on this show, but mm-hmm. she has recently. Uh, released a new show on HBO Max called The Sex Lives of College Girls. And I binged that on uh, New Year's Day, the whole season. It is phenomenal. It's like, and I mean, she takes it to like, it's more of an R-rated show just because Mm -hmm. it's free to free to be. Uh, But again, she keeps up with a diverse cast, which is so wonderful for, Mm -hmm. you know, I wish when I was younger, I had these shows because I just think it makes the world of difference to see women of color represented in, um, in settings where like when, cause when I got to college, Oh man, did I feel like insecure, like with my lot to do with my race Mm -hmm. and just, I don't know what Mindy Kaling is doing for the younger generation of uh, young women. Like it's just, Oh, kudos to her. Do you and Mindy Kaling have similar backgrounds? Have you done much like study on her? And I I mean, she, as far as like ethnicity or just what she's, has she grew up? Well, she's Indian. Maybe both. I mean, I'm Iranian, but just Mm -hmm. being like, I mean, you know, brown, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, But she, from, from what I've heard, I do relate a lot to her. Like she was a very like into pop culture and things like that. So I think that's why she, 
has been doing her series are very romantic comedy themes. Um, and then, but of course she's, I, I love that she's doing it with, it's not, it's not just like, she's just white people too. It's everybody. It's, it's all, <laughs> it's not just one ethnicity. We've it's had great. plenty. It's okay. You don't need to put any white people in there. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I love what she's doing, but it's also, y'all, it's not just about race though. Of course, representation matters, but it's a great script. She has I've heard great things. I've heard incredible things. Yeah. This I haven't is, had this, a chance to see it yet. This is elevated. And also all four women, all those young ladies, oh my God, are they phenomenal actresses. They are mm-hmm. very talented. I hadn't seen any of them before. One of them is Timothy Chalamet's younger, or I don't know if it's his younger or older sister, but I didn't even know he had a sister. She's my favorite one. So Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you mentioned representation matters. I just saw something today. It was so beautiful. It's, it's kind of going around all the socials, but mm. uh, have you seen the little kid that looks the like en- the kid from Encanto? Encanto um, just so standing great. in front of the TV with a big grin on his face and just looking yeah. exactly like the kid in the picture. It's just, yeah. it's just such a beautiful, like, Picture is worth a thousand words example of representation and mm-hmm. why it's important. And um, yeah, it's uh, I, I will never forget walking out of Black Panther and um, hearing, uh, you know, um, uh, a couple um, of my crit- I have a critic friend who brings his kids to, you know, some of the, the previews and stuff and mm-hmm. in their black family and just hearing her say those superheroes look just like me, you know, like yeah. it's, just, it's just a real thing. It um, is. And as a as a white male, it is not something that I have ever had to think about or ever had to deal with. And mm-hmm. um yeah, that's that's really cool. Uh yeah. so that's the Sex Lives of College Girls on HBO Max. Eskimo yeah. Callboy is a band you can check out, and Encounter is a terrible movie. Uh, <laughs> that you can check on <laughs> I think it's on yeah. Amazon actually. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead, go for it. Uh, We did it. We did a podcast. Congratulations to everyone involved. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Uh, Huge thanks to Andrew for being around today. A big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Uh, Thanks to my brother Drew for putting together some of the visuals. Uh, And thank you to Susan for being with us today. Susan, where do you want to send people uh, to check out your stuff? Uh, You can go to my Twitter at This Chicks Flicks. And I'm on... Instagram and Facebook and I always like I said I always say Google me because I'm there (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this chicks flicks uh, the chicks and the flicks both end in an X so this chicks flicks with an X at the end Mm -hmm. of both uh, also, thank you to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month. You get access to all the bonus episodes as well as some other fun perks if you want to check that out. Uh, you can find out more at patreon.com slash Sif Pop. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. Feel free to comment, rate, or review at Apple Podcasts, or you can email us feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than making a satire work in 2021. Uh, we will be back next week with Scream and maybe Cyrano. I haven't decided on the second uh, movie yet, but uh, but we'll be back to talk movies next week. We'll see you then. Bye. 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 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba.